It is good to be back on the 23 podcast. Hi, Father. Hello, Mike. It is Michael, right? Now you don't even know my name? It's been that long? <laughs> For Podcast 23? Oh, here we are. <laughs> oh, it's hey. good to be, it is good to be back. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael Puppis here with Father Herb Weber. Father Herb Weber. Hey, uh, this is a happy and sad show at the same time. This is a sad show because it's the last one being recorded in Michael's current office. You stole my thunder. You were supposed to say, why is this a sad show? Oh, uh, I know why it's sad. I'm sorry. But what what's happy about it? Oh, that, that we're, we're back. That we're back. Okay. We're back. So okay. you might not have noticed, probably most of you didn't, but we took the month of July off. For... Those, two, those two fans that we have. <laughs> uh, so we took the month of July off. Father was on vacation. I was on vacation. Father had some surgery. And in between, I was ready to do it. I was going to sit down and do four podcasts in a row. Oh, my gosh. And Michael was not prepared. Actually, the truth is, I, I felt like I needed a mental break of podcasting. And, you know, in, he in, needed a break from talking to me. In my defense, you just come in for 23 minutes and talk. I still have to do all the post production and the, the sending it out and the publishing of it. So I needed a little break. Oh, I am sorry. I didn't realize you actually did worked, all that. Worked for a living. I didn't say that. Oh. I didn't, <laughs> you work on Sunday mornings. I see you. That's true. Anyway, but yeah, this is so. This is the last time. Not that it matters to anybody that's listening. Well, that you we're, know what? We're sitting in Michael's office, or what used to be his office. He's already sort of moved. He the things are off the walls. It's very sad looking in here, and it, have uh, you noticed yeah. that echoes more in here now? Echo, echo, echo. Listen. Yeah, I can't hear that. Okay, oh, you've got headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, you you emptied your files. No, the file. So those two file cabinet. Father is referring to the two file cabinets that are in my room. Those are full of music from probably the first six or seven years, eight years of the parish. That's full of music. Okay, so we're going to keep those. Yeah, but you, all of and, our music and, now and is music is ex, is expensive. It is, yeah. So I I want to keep that for when you know the next music director comes in. They have a good library of music. However. Most of our music that we use now is all digital, so okay. there's an entire digital library that you will... mean it's it's just pre-recorded. You you guys just lip sync. I don't even work on Sundays anymore. That's a hologram of you stand, uh, <laughs> at the piano. But uh, so yeah, we move. So the reason my office is empty is because we are moving into our we, new office. We have the certificate of occupancy for the first section of the new building. I I constantly remind people it's like building two buildings at once. So we have new offices. A meeting room, restrooms, and mechanical room in the first section. Mm -hmm. Then it gives way to the large, new, beautiful connection center, which is the gathering space. All people who enter the church will go through the gathering space on their way in. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the church itself. Yeah. We which, do not have occupancy for that yet. No, but they are just moving fast in there. I would say since our last podcast, which was before July. Yeah, it was. You're right. So the, they've finished all the ceiling work in there. The lighting is done. Really, the only thing that's left right now is the floor in terms of construction. And then in a couple of weeks, the pews arrive. The pews are due to arrive the week of October, October, August 13. We'll be in big trouble. And it takes, takes about a week to put them in. Uh, yeah. So it's just moving. We're really excited and uh, keep praying for this church are for our parish and for all those that did, are involved. Did you hear what I did Sunday at the, the big formal tea? By the way, that was beautifully done and well attended. 
a, a large group, and there were visitors there who had been invited, so people that were not members of this parish. Yeah, so there was a, just if you don't know what Father's talking about, Sunday afternoon, the women of the parish organized a tea as, T-E-A. as a fundraiser for altar linens and, and other things for in the new church. And I think originally they were thinking, you know, maybe a couple dozen women will come. Uh, over 100 women were there. And, and they had all these beautiful tea sets. Every table had like a hostess at that table. It was cool. And uh, beautiful, beautiful china. Yeah. From but, China. But, but at the end, they had a tour of the building. And so I stood up and I said, I have a few things I want to say before we go to the church. And we broke it into five groups because you cannot lead a group of 100. And I said, how many but of you... But would, you would leave the 99 to go find one of them. Yeah, I think so, there's still one wandering so. around over there. <laughs> uh, but I said, how many of you want to see the church? And they all raised their hand. And I said, good, look around yourself. And they suddenly realized I was telling them to look at each other because the church is people. Man, if I had a nickel for every time you said that, I could build us another church building. Because it's very important that we remember that when we look at a building. It's not all about the building, right? although it's very exciting. It is. And I think we've appropriately put the emphasis where it needs to be, that this is an exciting time, yes, that this is a new home for our church that is the people. Um, and I, I think people... If understand. I had a nickel for every time you've repeated me, I'd be a rich man. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think I get all my best lines? Yeah, I know. I Usually I set you up. I'm the straight man. You get the, the humor. That's true. That's I am appreciative of Are that. Are you ready to jump into the scriptures? We got a lot to do these next few weeks. This is We started last week with five weeks in a row on chapter six of John's Gospel. Yeah. I feel like we just did this. This is only three, three years it's ago. It's a three-year cycle. Right. So it was three summers ago, and it's always the year of Mark. Mark's Gospel is short. So in the year of Mark, which is cycle B, mm-hmm. that's our year this year, they they step aside. And this this is very cool what happens. We're reading through Mark's Gospel, and we get to the passage, which would be about Jesus multiplying loaves and fish. And rather than read it from Mark's Gospel... We jump to chapter 6 of John's Gospel, and we read the same account according to John, the multiplication of loaves and fish. And that's what we just did last Sunday. Uh, A couple days ago, yes. And then from there, this wonderful incident, this wonderful sign, it's called a sign in John's Gospel. You could call it a miracle. It's one of the seven signs in the Gospel. From there, it becomes a treatise on the bread of life. Now, what I did this morning at Bible study, and this is Tuesday that we record this, at Bible study this morning, I took the gospel for this coming Sunday, which is August 5th, Mm -hmm. and we read, one person read that, another person read the gospel of August 12th, another for 19th, and the last one for August 26th. So we stopped after each one of them and showed how the theme develops. And so we're talking basically the entire month of August, we will be spending time in John chapter 6. Yes, and as a homilist, you prepare, to some degree, all four homilies at the same time. In other words, when I was first ordained, I'll tell the truth, when I was first ordained, (laughs) I didn't realize that there were going to be this this many weeks on John 6. They didn't prepare you for that in seminary? I think they wanted us to learn the hard way. Or you slept through that class? I, I never slept through class. Okay. <laughs> I, I never missed class, and I never slept when I was there. I was That's a good. good student. I actually believe that wholeheartedly. Okay. But anyway, so I think the first week of John 6, I said everything I knew about the Eucharist 
in one homily. Which as a new priest was a lot. Well, not as much as I know now. But That's good. Yes. And then suddenly I realized, what am I going to say the second week? And oh no, it's the third week and another week and it keeps on coming. And you just gave the same homily every time. No, 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 no. I <laughs> I learned. But so now um, the first week, which was a couple of days ago, the last weekend of July, was simply the story. Jesus multiplied loaves and fish and he fed the crowd. Mm-hmm. Now it gets the- theological. So this week, Jesus says, you have followed me. Now there's a little section of chapter six that gets skipped. So after Jesus fed the crowd, mm-hmm. there's another section which we don't read. That's when Jesus goes across the lake to the other side in the middle of the night. Okay. So this week it starts off and says, the crowd realized that Jesus was gone. So they followed him. Poor guy. And then Jesus looked at them and he said, you're not following me because you see anything special going on. You just got a free meal. And they're hungry again. They're hungry again. And that's probably going to be the title of my homily, Hungry Again. I'll take notes now. Hungry. Yeah, Hungry Again. That's like the theme of my life. You know, somebody asked me once if I was hungry, and I, my answer was, I've been hungry ever since I was 12 years old. <laughs> Remember when you were a teenager, a teenage boy? I don't know if it's true for girls. T- teenage boy, you're always hungry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember just eating insane amounts of things between meals. Like I would just grab one of everything from the cupboard and just yeah, eat it. I was always hungry. I It's not that we didn't have food, but I was always hungry. Well, I mean, luckily, we have really good tasting food that you can satisfy that hunger with sometimes. Yeah. Well, that is the point. Have you ever noticed if you have a hunger for something that's spiritual, but you don't know it's spiritual, mm. and so you try to satisfy it with something material? Yeah. It's still going to be there. Yeah. Or if you have a hunger to be understood, like you you just feel like lost and nobody understands what you're going through. Mm -hmm. So you go out and uh, buy a new car. Are you trying to are you trying to tell me something? I'm not no, I'm not. Oh I I recently got a new car. car, But (laughs) that just came to my mind. I feel guilty now. Or or if you just indulge yourself and start eating like a, a pizza. Uh huh. Afterwards, you're going to feel bloated. Awful. And the hunger is still there. Right. Because the hunger was not for food. That reminds me, actually. So when um, one year I took a bunch of our eighth grade students that were in confirmation down to Tent City in downtown Toledo. And Tent City is an opportunity for the homeless people that are in downtown Toledo to come and get a meal, of course, but also to get clothing and social services, to see a dentist, to see a doctor, um, you know, to 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 be able to get a haircut if they, they you know, they want to look that, pres- that is really cool. It, it is an, a tremendous experience. And I recommend it's always um, at the end of October. It's coordinated by a guy named Ken Leslie, who's a good friend of mine. He helped out a lot with Exclaim when we were doing Exclaim. He always organized our community service. He's just so service oriented in his life. And um, but I remember we took some of the, the kids down to, to Tent City, and we were in, in the back of one of the tents where they would serve the meal and uh, kind of behind the scenes in one of the, not in the main tent where the people were being served. And we had just carried about 700 lunches that Food for Thought, which is an organization in downtown Toledo that uh, they actually make lunches every Friday night, 
And then on Saturday I morning— I think we've had some kids go down we do, and yeah. do that for confirmation Paul, as well. Paul's taken some kids, too. Um, and on Saturday, they pass these lunches out around downtown Toledo to anybody that wants them, not just homeless people, anybody that would like a sandwich or something to eat. That's um, where you should take your mother for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheap date. Um, but so they they were saying, you know, we just carry these 700 lunches, and we we're going to be giving them to the homeless that were in downtown Toledo. And the guy said something I'll never forget, and I think our students were really impacted by it too. He said, you know, these people are truly hungry and in the physical sense and in the emotional sense because we're going to give them a meal right now, and they're going to feel good for about 10, 20 minutes, maybe an hour or two, and then they're going to be hungry again. But everything else that we're doing for hungry them— Hungry again. See, I, I said that was the title of my homily, and you've already picked up on it. Here I am. I'm your marketing guy. Yeah. Uh, but he, he said— what you can do for these people today is to acknowledge that they exist, to look them in the eye, to smile, to talk to them, um, because your interaction with them could satisfy a lot of the hunger, other hungers that they have in life, just to be acknowledged as people. Well, there, there's hunger for food, and I would dare say underneath that category you could put other uh, basic needs, shelter, mm-hmm. warmth. Mm-hmm. Then there's the emotional hunger, uh, that whole thing of being understood, being accepted. There's the social hunger, you know, just to be able to interact with people. Yeah. There's a spiritual hunger that often gets lost, and I think there's a lot of people spiritually hungry, and they get they have this uh, this burning inside them that says there's got to be something more, but they don't know how to name it. Yeah. And so that's what Jesus was saying. May I read the gospel for this Sunday so that people can see exactly what we're saying? Yeah, we haven't even done that yet, have we? Have we not? How much time is left? We're about halfway. No, we're more than halfway there. Oh, I better read it. I'll read it real fast. No, okay. This is John's gospel, chapter 6. I'm picking up on verse 24. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to, to Capernaum looking for Jesus. Remember I just said he went across the lake. I didn't tell you that when he went across the lake, that's when he walked on the water. That's kind of a big story. I know, but they, they treat that one separately. Okay. And when they found Jesus across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the the one he sent. So they said to him, What sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Now, that's really a stupid question. He had just fed 5,000. So they're saying, what kind <laughs> Give of us a sign can you do? Yeah, come on. Give us a sign. Yeah. And, you know, if that were me, I would have said, what more do you guys want? Right. <laughs> Jesus was much more patient than I. Which is good because he's God. He's Jesus. Yeah. And so the crowd went on. Our ancestors ate man in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus said to them, amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, 
I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. So if you follow the beauty of that passage, mm-hmm. it is, it's probably the key part of the entire chapter. Mm-hmm. So he goes from hunger for food, mm-hmm. like you got a free meal. This is the, he's making the ultimate transition. He's, it is. It's, it's the, the transition where Jesus creates a teaching. Mm-hmm. And of course, he talks about manna in the desert. That is the first reading for this coming Sunday where Moses gives them, you know, the, they grumbled to high heaven. You know, why did we leave Egypt? We had all <laughs> kinds of food to eat. Here we are out in the desert and we're starving. And so they had quail come into the camp. And then it was it was the white stuff that eventually was called manna. They called it hoarfrost, which is like frozen, uh, frozen dew. Oh, but most people think of it as some kind of a fungus or something. Oh, that sounds disgusting. You know, well, you eat mushrooms, that, don't you? I, I do too many of them actually. Okay, so yeah, uh, so it was something that kind of grew in the camp. Uh, so they they ate that. Uh-huh. But can you imagine? Uh, oh, what's for dinner tonight? Oh, we're going to have some more manna. Well, <laughs> that's what we had for breakfast. And that's what we had for lunch. And guess what we're going to have tomorrow? Manna. Some more manna. <laughs> and maybe we're lucky we'll find a quail somewhere. Ooh, a side of quail. A side of quail. Not a whole side, probably a feather. Right. <laughs> no, uh, I meant a side dish. Oh, side dish. <laughs> yeah, not just, not the front or the back or the side. Okay. But but so Jesus take, he says, manna came down from heaven. That is the ultimate symbol that the Jews had, that God provides for his people. God fed them in the desert. So Jesus builds off of the Old Testament image. He also talks about get beyond your physical hunger and that the real bread that comes down from heaven is c'est moi, it is I. Do you ever find, because I, I do, that you you actually do have a spiritual hunger to receive the Eucharist, that there is like a longing to receive the Eucharist, that when you do receive it, there is great satisfaction in that. I know that over the years, that's one of the most common things I've heard from people in RCIA. I want to start receiving communion. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is precisely on target. This is the presence of Christ I feel like I'm starving. Hmm. I think part of it is also I want to belong. And I know you don't belong until you're brought to table. Well, yeah, because it would be difficult to go to Mass and and not be able to participate in the same way that everybody else does. But on, on the flip side, you know, how many Catholics receive communion by muscle memory, for lack of a better term, without really taking the time to sometimes appreciate. I don't even know if we could consciously focus on it with all of our energy every week. Yeah. It would it would be more than we could deal with. Yeah. But may I divert, defer you for two weeks? Because you jumped ahead. Oh, did I? Yes. The topic of specifically about Jesus as the bread of life is today. Uh-huh. But when he talks about take my flesh and eat my flesh, that comes up in a couple of weeks. All right, we'll table this for a couple of weeks, yeah, though. Yeah, okay. Uh, folks out there, did you notice how I just gently corrected Michael? I didn't correct Stuart. him. I just said... It's just guiding me along guiding the path. Guiding you along. Let's just stay like with a, this, though. Like a puppet with strings. Here it is. <laughs> Give us this bread so we won't be hungry again. Mm-hmm. So maybe it should not be hungry again, but fed always. 
so you'll never be hungry again. Right. And I am the bread of life who comes down and will ne and whoever comes to me will never hunger and never thirst. So really, in a sense, and you're right, I did jump the gun, so I apologize for that. But in, You're in, forgiven. In a sense, I don't want to ever use... He, he's almost using this kind of as a metaphor, yeah. He's not... He's not, it's not really Eucharistic quite yet. Not yet. He's, he's saying he's that... He's leading them into it. And Jesus was... A, not only was he a, a great storyteller, which I've talked about before. Yeah. He was a great teacher because he would take people from their experience and move them beyond that experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to do as a homily this week. Mm -hmm. And I will tell people my goal, whether or not I succeed, they can tell me that those two people out there can tell me that next week. But critics. You know, so you take the two, you take the idea of hunger yeah, and then, but it's hard for people to get in touch with spiritual hunger. Right. Um, I think sometimes when we're really honest, when we allow ourselves to be reflective, we know something's going on. I think otherwise we just know there's a nagging feeling of something missing. You know, just this week, uh, there were a couple of people, there's a, a Facebook group that is just people that live in Perrysburg. Um, and it popped up on my newsfeed a couple of times because people had posted in that group, you know, I'm new to the area or, or one of them was, I haven't been to church in a long time and I just feel like I want to go to church. Does anybody have any churches that they can recommend? Uh, and many times in that thread, parishioners of St. John's said, we love St. John the 23rd. You need to come and check out St. John the 23rd. It's not your typical Catholic church. And they were saying really wonderful things about their testament to being a part of the community. But I, I found it very interesting on that individual's part that just out of the blue, they had this desire to get back to church when they haven't been in a long time. And I think they, were, they it, are feeling spiritually hungry. It is there. And sometimes it nags at you and sometimes it almost like knocks you off the, the horse. Well, that sounds painful. I know. But anyway, here we are back again, and we've already completed a session. Hey, 23 minutes. One and done. God's blessings to everybody this week. We will talk to you next time on the 23 Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>